All right, we're so glad you could join us here today. This is our special family service. We do this annually every year. We get to have all our families join us here in the auditorium today. It's not a normal service, so if you're visiting with us today, this isn't what it's like on an every Sunday purpose, but um, we do welcome you here today. Let's go ahead and stand together, uh, just as you know, in case any of the kids do have to leave, if you have to take them out, we do have our screens in the lobby. They are going to be uh, streaming the service, so if you feel like you have to go, go ahead and do that. But uh, for this day, we're going to do something a little bit special here. We're going to sing, and we're just going to use our voices. Let's praise God today, this morning, with just our voices. Really sing out the songs. Think on the words of the songs as we sing here this morning, and just enjoy uh, what it is to be His church, worshiping Him today. Let's start out this morning with the old rugged cross. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. To the old rugged cross I will ever be its shame and reproach gladly bear. Then he'll call me someday to my home far away. Three forever I'll share. Lift it up. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged Change it someday for a crown. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved us. was grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my tears redeemed how precious that grace of thee 
shine me he has the sun we've no less day to sing God's praise than when we first oh Lord my God when I in awesome Consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art, when Christ shall come. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior. Thank you so much. You may be seated.
chapter 13 for our scripture reading this morning, John chapter number 13. Thank you so much for coming to worship with us this morning on our family Sunday. Looking forward to it, looking forward to digging into God's word this morning. Uh, John chapter number 13, if you'd stand with me as we read God's word this morning. On your way in, you should have received a service program. On the inside, there's an outline that you can use to follow along through the message this morning. John chapter number 13. For our scripture reading, we're going to be reading verses 34 and 35 before pastor comes and gives us the message this morning. The Bible says, a new commandment I give unto you. So this is Jesus speaking. And he says, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. This morning, pastors are going to bring a message entitled, God's Overwhelming Goodness. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your overwhelming goodness. Lord, thank you for the love that you have given to us. And Father, I pray that as we go into the new year, we would love you more because you have loved us so much. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Once again, thank you so much for joining us here. Can you believe it on the very last Sunday of 2015? How many of you feel like we just got this year started? I mean, it just just got started and all of a sudden here we are all the way through it, getting ready to embark on a brand new year, 2016. And I'm telling you what, it seems like the older I get, the quicker life just goes by. How many, how many, everybody else kind of feel that as well? Just goes quicker and quicker and quicker. And uh, I'm telling you what, that just, that seems to be the case. Uh, To the families here today, thank you so much for joining us. It's good to have the kids in here with us this morning. How many of you enjoyed singing some of those old acapella songs? You know, that was, man, what a blessing, some of those hymns, and those are encouragement and a blessing there, and just an exciting time to be saved and to be a child of God. Uh, This week, of course, was Christmas, and I'm sure many of us got to spend time with families, making memories, and maybe some of your families even here uh, today, and we're glad to have you as a part of our service here uh, this morning. Uh, in our family, we had a, an exciting thing take place. My brother Dan and uh, his wife Brianne, uh, they had a baby this week. And so they spent this week at the hospital right around through Christmas time and things. And so uh, we're really excited to have Juliet Noel uh, as a part of the Ermler family. And we're excited for her. Uh, when the, uh, Dan and Brianne were at the hospital, the kids, uh, Jackson and Olivia, stayed with us at our house for a couple of days. And uh, that was, I was reminded once again what it's like to have uh, uh, some younger kids in the home. We, we kind of hit a milestone at our home where this year our, our youngest went to school. And so we're kind of ba- past some of the, the baby stage and things. And we were reminded of it. I was, I forget what evening, it was maybe Wednesday night. And uh, it was the middle of the night. We had put the kids down to bed. And somehow in the middle of the night I woke up and my head was uh, pressed up against the nightstand, the corner of the nightstand, and I woke up to this, the, the corner of the nightstand in, in, my, in my, my temple, and I, I start, I, you know you're in that drowsy state, you're trying to figure out what's going on, and so kind of in that sleepy state, I went to try to move my head and, and realized that I could not. For some, for some reason, my head had been pinned against the nightstand, and as I kind of started to come through, I realized uh, that uh, Olivia, who's my niece, she's one years old, had, had crawled into our bed, and, and she had pressed her foot up against my face, and, and my, my temple was there uh, in the nightstand, and I, I began to move, and, and as I came through, literally, she was sprawled out, you know, uh, her feet this way, I mean, her entire body, she's one year old, you know, just a little baby, sprawled out, and uh, I told my wife, I said, maybe we gonna move her or something, we move her, and literally, within 10 minutes, she'd, she'd turn around the other way, she'd be sprawled out, you know, it's amazing how just little creatures can take up such uh, huge amounts of space. Any of your kids ever did that, you know, and they crawl in and just push, and, and uh, so it was a good time. We had some, made some wonderful memories, and uh, just excited uh, just to have new family and new life, and we've had so many uh, babies born here in our church. I'm excited about the uh, upcoming baby dedication that'll be taking place here in a couple months. I think we have a, another 10 or dozen or so that'll be uh, dedicated to the Lord, and, and it's a wonderful thing to be a part of a church that's growing spiritually, but also uh, just seeing new life and young families, and I'm, I'm encouraged to, to, to be a part of a church like that. Well, today, I want to just speak on this sub- subject of God's overflowing goodness and grace, and say, so why, why did we pick this topic for a day like this? Well, for many of us this week, we'll begin to think and we'll begin to get somewhat intentional about what our lives are going to look like going into the year 2016. 
Uh, there might be some in this room, and you have made it a habit to set New Year's resolutions. And maybe for others, you don't necessarily call them resolutions. For you, they would just be goals, things that you would like to see take place in the coming 12 months. And, and, and maybe for others of you, it won't be that formal or that intentional. You just generally want to see your life improve. You, you want to grow in a general way in the coming year. And, and whether you call it a resolution or whether you call it a goal or whether it's something you just want to see happen in and through your life in the coming year, the, the reality is I think all of us deep down have this desire for our lives to move forward. We, we don't want our lives to become stagnant. We don't want our lives just to kind of plateau. There's something in all of us that desires that the next week or the next month or the next year will somehow be better, that somehow we'll grow. And so we use things like goals or resolutions or commitments in order to try to propel ourselves forward. But, but here, here's why I bring this up. For those of us who have what I would call a gospel-centered perspective of life, uh, that is, we really understand that the grace of God works in us first and then through us. The, the reality is our perspective on resolutions and goals and intentional living is a little bit different. And so as we preach on the gospel for spiritual maturity and how grace it is that it's actually grace that grows us, not willpower, uh, not just, you know, kind of pulling ourselves up by the bootstraps, not just trying a little harder. For those of us who really understand it's God's grace that does that, how do we navigate goals and resolutions and growth within the broader context of a grace-centered life? And so that's what we're going to seek to tackle here a little bit today as we move through our text from the Gospel of John chapter number 13. So, uh, on your way in, you should have received a little outline that'll help as we make our way through our Bible study this morning. I hope it'll be a help to you. As was said earlier, if you need to step out into the lobby with the kids, feel free to do that. You won't um, bother anybody. We've got uh, that uh, videos playing out there as well, so feel free to avail yourself to that if you need to. Let's dive right in. Notice what the Bible says here uh, in verse number 34 of chapter number 13. He says, a new commandment I give unto you. There's a lot in that statement, but I'm going to kind of move past it here just so we can zero in on what we want to focus on today. And he says this, what is this new commandment that you love one another? He goes on to say, as I have loved you that ye also love one another. And notice this little phrase in verse number 34. He says, as I have loved you. Let's, let's get interactive. Kids, if you're in here today, I want you to repeat that with me, all right? We're going to say that together. As I have loved you. Let's say it all together with the adults and kids. One, two, three. As I have loved you, all right? And so I want to start this morning by focusing on God's uh, really being overwhelmed by God's goodness. How is it that we grow in the Christian life? It starts by being overwhelmed by God's goodness in our life. In this phrase, we see, as I have loved you. We read through these passages of Scripture, and sometimes we can take for granted the reality that God has been very good to us, that he has blessed us deeply. He's blessed us physically and materially, but more than anything, he has blessed us abundantly in a spiritual way. In fact, Ephesians chapter number one tells us that he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings so that we are absolutely complete in him. That is, we've been given everything that we need for life and for godliness. We can literally live in a state of being overwhelmed by God's goodness in our lives. That's why the psalmist reminds us in Psalms 52 verse 1, the goodness of God endureth continually. And it's so important for us as believers to remind ourselves that God has been good to us, that God has blessed us, that we can saturate our hearts and our minds and our souls in the goodness and in the blessings of God. Based on this verse, God's goodness is not bound by our behavior. It is inherent in his very nature. As Christians, we don't believe in karma. And this is important to understand. 
We don't believe in karma. Well, you know, uh, you, know you do good and good comes. We, there is an element of sowing and reaping. But I'm here to say this. As a believer, God has been good to you not based on your performance. He's been good, good to you not based on your behavior. He has blessed you with all spiritual blessing, not because you deserve it in and of yourself. He blesses you with all spiritual blessing, not because of your nature, but rather because of his nature. That's what the Bible says. The goodness of God, it endureth continually. God is good. I love how one theologian, when he said it here this way, he said, God is always only good. God is always only good. So when we talk about being overwhelmed by God's goodness, what do we mean by that? We, we mean here that we're a, a believer that's truly experiencing it. That we are absorbing the goodness of God. That we're enjoying the blessings of God. That we're saturating our hearts and minds in the goodness of God. Here's what's crazy is there are a lot of Christians... And they've been given all goodness. They've, they've been given all blessings in Christ, according to Ephesians chapter number one. And yet they do not absorb it. They don't experience it. They don't enjoy it. They're not saturating their hearts and minds in it. It is a spiritual reality that they are not experiencing in the here and now. And so being overwhelmed by God's goodness is coming to a place where we allow ourselves to truly experience it, to absorb ourselves in it, to focus on it, to remind ourselves again and again and again, to reminisce about God's goodness in our lives. I think they're going to throw this up on the screens, and I want you to see this. It was a quote by a, a person by the name of C.S. Lewis. He wrote the Chronicles of Narnia. Maybe some of you have seen the movies. He was also a theologian of sorts, and he had this to say on this subject. He says, we do not have the capacity to exaggerate God's goodness. For God is the sum total of all goodness. So while God can give good, he does not need any goodness himself. In this sense, his love is entirely selfless by definition, which is to say, God has everything to give, and needs absolutely nothing in return. That's your God. We do not have the capacity as human finite beings to exaggerate the goodness of God in our lives. A couple of years ago, my son Anderson uh, wanted to go to one of these things at the Save Mart Center. If I remember correctly, uh, man, I can't even remember the name of it. It was, a, it was some type of dinosaur show or something that was playing at the Save Mart Center, and there was dinosaurs, and they were flying around here and flying around there, and do, they were doing kind of different things. And, and it was his birthday, and so I told him, I said, hey, is your dad? I said, whatever it is that you want, whenever, whenever a concession guy comes by, and normally we would not do this, but for his birthday, I said, anything you want, I said, I'll get it for you. Now, this is highly strange in our family. This is not a normal thing. And so, at first, he was kind of really, you know, he didn't really, you know, ask me. He said, oh, well, hey, Dad, could, could I get something to drink? Maybe, maybe, could I get a soda? I said, sure, son. You want a soda? We'll get you a soda. And so, he's sipping on his soda. He's having a great time, because normally when we go to something like that, you know, we try to smuggle in bottles of water or something, you know, <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, things like that. So, we, we were there, and he's, he's sipping on his soda, and, and all of a sudden, some, some guy comes comes by and he has these uh, these little boxes of popcorn, and so he 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 said, "Hey, Dad, do you do you think it, do you think it'd be all right if I if I got some some popcorn as well? You know?" And I said, "Sure, son." And we called the guy over. He got he got some he got some popcorn and he's got his popcorn and, and he's really getting into this and he's watching the dinosaurs flying around here and there and and I, as his dad, I I wanted to bless him and I wanted to be encouragement to him on his birthday and and let him know that I loved him and. And a little, a little while later, he sees this guy, and he's got this big, these, these huge, like, kind of, uh, I don't even know what they were, these poles with, uh, with cotton candy all over them. And, and you could see kind of sheepishly Anderson say, he, he said, Dad, uh, you, think it, you think it'd be all right if I, uh, if I got myself some, some cotton candy? And uh, I said, sure, son, let's get some cotton candy. So he's got his, he's got his soda, big soda. He's got his, he's got his popcorn. He's got his, he's got his cotton candy. And, and a little while later, he saw, he saw these snow cone guy come around. <laughs> he said, Dad, you, you think I can get a, a snow cone too? And I said, son, I told you. 
Whatever it is you want tonight, it's yours. You can have it. I think we got a picture here. I want you to see this, all right? And he's just sitting there, man. He's having a great time. And he's like, this is, this is living. This is living good. You see, as, as his dad, as his father, my heart is to do good toward him. My heart is to bless him. My heart is, to, I, I think that was early in the night. I think the reason more began to amount. There, there came a point you couldn't see him anymore. It was just kind of over. And... Uh, but that's the heart of a father. Those of you who are in this room and you're a dad, you know this heart. That's, that's your heart as well. You have the, the heart of a, a father. You want to do good towards your children. You want to bless your children. If, if we, the Bible says, as earthly fathers want to give good gifts to our children, how much more than our heavenly father want to give good gifts to those of us who, deserve, who, who live it? And so we have this opportunity here to experience the overwhelming goodness of God in our lives. Why? It's important for us to remember that God is always only good. You say, why is this so important to understand? Why is it important that we bask in the goodness of God? Why is it that we, it's so important that we saturate ourselves in the goodness of God? Why is it so important that we live in this place of just wonder of God's goodness? And I want you to see here, because it's so important. If we are going to extend God's goodness through our lives, we must first experience God's goodness in our lives. And this is really important for us here to understand. Now, any of us can choose not to experience the blessings of God that he's given to us. That is, though they are ours to experience. His love, his joy, his peace. These are not things we have to earn. These are not things that we have to work for. These are not things we have to conjure up. These are our gifts in Christ. You, you can experience joy and happiness at any moment you desire. You can experience the full peace of God in the midst of any relationship, in the midst of any marriage, in the midst of any financial difficulties, any health concerns. The peace of God is yours in the midst of any of those things. They, they're yours. You can experience his love, his joy, his peace any time you so desire. However, many Christians don't absorb it. They don't experience it. They don't enjoy those gifts. And here we have an opportunity to be reminded of the reality that we can, we can be overwhelmed by God's goodness. Now, notice this, secondly. Notice verse 34. This is a little, he says here, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. And then he goes on to say, As I have loved you, that ye love also one another. And so he's reminding us here in this passage that our ability to love others around us our ability to love our kids, our ability to serve those in our church, our ability to help those in need, that flows out of our ability to experience God ourselves. Now, here's what happens with a lot of Christians. There are a lot of people, and they, want to, they, they have goals for their lives, you know? And I want to do this, and I want to do that. And they, have, they make resolutions and commitments. And so they are trying, they are trying to live something out they're trying to have something live out of their lives that they are not personally experiencing. They are trying to be loving toward a spouse when they are not truly experiencing the love of God for themselves. And so they're literally, they're trying to wring something out of their lives. They're trying to make themselves love or make themselves be happy. Trying to make themselves live in peace when in the reality they, they really can't because those things don't happen because you try to conjure them up. Because you try to make it happen it literally the fruit of the spirit is literally the overflow of simply absorbing and enjoying and saturating your hearts and minds in those things you want to love your kids more that you need to live under his love that much more yourself because true love and the love of the spirit is an overflowing thing it's not a thing you try to ring out over your children and ring out in your for your husband and it's it's something that as you just allow yourself to be absorbed and enjoy and really saturate and be overwhelmed by god's goodness in your life it will begin to naturally overflow in your life to your kids and to your spouse and to those around you maybe that are harder and more difficult to love which brings us to our second point and that is simply this being overwhelmed by God's goodness leads us to overflow with God's goodness I think this will be on the screens but 
we will only truly extend that which we are currently experiencing. You will not have the capacity to consistently extend love toward those around you if you are not positioning your life and experiencing and absorbing the love of Christ that he has for you on a regular basis. There will come a moment you will not be able to love anymore unless you are constantly living in that place where you're experiencing and absorbing and enjoying the love of God that he has placed upon your life. The Christian who goes out this week and says, well, I got to love this person and I got to love that person and I got to serve these people and I got to serve those people and I've got to do this and do that. But it is not flowing from a place that is experiencing it deep down in their heart. There will come a moment they will fail. There will come a moment they will give up. There will come a moment where they will quit. There will come a moment where they can no longer produce that which their heart desires to produce because we can only truly extend that which we are currently experiencing. So, you want to start serving somebody that's hard to serve? You want to start loving somebody that's difficult to love? You say, what do I do? i got to try harder, don't I? No, what you need to do is you need to remind yourself afresh and anew. You need to enjoy, you need to absorb, and you need to experience how Christ has served you when you least deserved it. Saturate your mind in that reality. And what you will find is as a natural outflow you begin to then serve those who don't deserve it. You know why we have a hard time serving those who don't deserve it? Because we very quickly forget that we have been served when we didn't deserve it. We forget it. We forget that, you say, why do we have a hard time loving our spouse when they're not being lovable? Because we have forgotten that we were loved when we were unlovable. Why do we have a hard time fulfilling this goal or this, this resolution or this commitment? It's because we're trying to, we're trying to extend something. We're trying to, we're trying to export something that we are not in that moment experiencing from God ourselves. If you have found that it's difficult for you to extend something to a loved one, if you're finding it hard to express something to a coworker, love and service or joy, Rather than just trying harder and pulling yourself up by the bootstraps and just making yourself do it, ask yourself, am I enjoying, am I experiencing, and am I absorbing what God has already promised to me? Because we'll only truly extend that which we're currently experiencing. If there's something in your life you're not extending, you're not extending kindness to this type of individual. You're not extending service to that type of individual. Mark it down more than likely. It's just because you have stopped experiencing that from God yourself. And because you have stopped being in awe of how God served you. You've stopped being in awe of how God loved you when you were unlovable. You've stopped living in this just wonder of how God has sacrificed for you when you didn't deserve it. You will find that it isn't long before you stop extending that. Because you, long before, stopped experiencing those things here as well. The Bible says it this way in 1 John 4.11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Now, let's, we'll have a little fun with this for just a moment. Um, and I did not tell him I was going to do this or else he wouldn't have come to church. But Anderson, I want you to come up on stage, all right? Join me real quick. Here, come on. Get up here, all right? Run, run, run. We don't have much time, all right? That's our family service. All right, come on up here really quickly. This is... You like popcorn? Come on up. All right, sit in the seat real quick, okay? We're going we're gonna to have some fun here. Now, he had no clue. I did not tell him we were doing this, so don't ruin my illustration for me, okay? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have fun with this in just a moment. Now, here's... As a father, our heavenly father... He, the Bible says he is constantly pouring out goodness upon us. Now, there are moments where we, if we want to, we can remove ourselves from the presence of the Father to where we are no longer experiencing that goodness. But that goodness is constantly being poured out. That, that goodness is constantly there. That goodness is constantly there for us to absorb, to experience, and to saturate our hearts and lives in. And yet, there are times where we can remove ourselves from the enjoyment 
the uh, saturation from the experience of those blessings, though we cannot remove ourselves from the reality of those blessings. Okay, so I, I want you to see the dichotomy here. And the reality is we, oh, you ready? All right, here we go. Let's tell my son. Yet the reality is as a good and loving Heavenly Father, our heart is to pour out good and blessing upon our children. Now, here's where the illustration ties in. Let's imagine we went back to the Save Mart Center, okay? We're going to go back there. And let me just, just for a moment, for the sake of illustration, what if I decided, I said, listen, not only am I going to give you enough, uh, you know, popcorn and, you know, candy uh, just to fill your lap. Let's imagine for a moment that I had the ability to literally fill the entire Coliseum, the, the entire Save Mart Center, and I could literally fill that entire place up with candy and popcorn and snow cones and all kinds of goodies. Now, wouldn't that be pretty cool? If I could literally, if I had, if I had enough money where I could buy enough candy to fill up the entire stadium of food like that, would that be pretty cool? Okay, that'd be awesome, right? Now, let's imagine for a moment that I could do this. And, and let me just say this, if I could, that still wouldn't compare to the spiritual blessings that God has heaped upon you. It still wouldn't compare. God has given us every spiritual blessing in Christ. He's withheld nothing from you in his goodness and in his blessing. So let's imagine, here's Anderson, he's sitting there, and I have somehow created the capacity to fill all of Save Mart Center with every treat his heart could so desire. Literally, he's drowning in candy. He's drowning in popcorn. I mean, it's just overflowing. Do you get the picture here? He's literally overwhelmed, okay, if we can use that word, with the blessings and the gifts of his father. Now, let's imagine for a moment, all right, if I told you no matter how much of it you experienced, no matter how much you ate, no matter how much of this you took in, there would always be the same amount there. So no matter how much of the popcorn you could eat, there would always be the same. No matter how much of, it, of that candy you enjoyed, there would still be that much candy here. No matter, how, no matter how much you could eat, no matter how much you could absorb, no matter how much you could experience, it always stayed the same, all right? Now, imagine this for a moment, and not, let's take it a step further, not only however much you could absorb and experience, because as Christians, no matter how much of God's love, no matter how much of God's peace, no matter how much of, of, of God's joy that you experience, are we all on the same page here? You can't run out of it. This is not a limited commodity. There's always more of God's blessing because he's given us all of it. Okay? Now, what if I told him, not only however much you experience, there's still always going to be the same amount. No matter how much you take in, how much you eat, and how much you enjoy, there's still going to be the same amount. You could not, if you, you say, I could eat, 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 and it would still all be there. But let's take it a step further. No matter how much of it you gave away to your brothers and sisters, no matter how much you gave away to your friends, no matter how much you gave away back to me, no matter how much you gave to your mom, what about no matter how much you experience yourself or how much you gave to others, what if there would always be the same amount of it there? Let me ask you, here's the, here's the million dollar question. If that was the case, and there was always more of it, would you be willing to share it with other people? Now think of it, does that make sense? I mean, if you knew it's always going to be there, no matter how much of the popcorn and the candy and the cotton candy and the soda that he shared or enjoyed or experienced, no matter how much of it he took in, no matter how much of it he gave away, there would always be the same amount there. How many of you say that makes logical sense? We'd give some away. Now, here's, 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 this is why this is so important. You know why many of us have a hard time giving away kindness? And giving away joy? And giving away love? And giving away service? You know why we have a hard time overflowing with God's goodness and grace? You want to know the real reason? Because we have convinced ourselves that God's goodness and grace is a limited commodity. That there's only so much of it to go around. And the mo the, if I love this person too much, then I'll run out. If I'm too kind to that person, it'll all be gone. Because we are not overwhelmed with God's goodness and grace, we find it very difficult to overflow with God's goodness and grace as well. Hey, give him a quick hand, all right? He's going to run back to his seat. Thanks, Anderson. I appreciate you helping me out.
So let's throw this on the screen here real quick. Uh, the extent of your kindness to an individual is not actually based on the quality of your relationship with that person. Let this sink in for a moment. The extent of your kindness to, to somebody. You say, well, this person at work, they really hurt my feelings. This boss really made me upset. My, for those of you kids in this room and you say to yourselves, hey, my brother really annoyed me. My sister really makes me mad. Can I say this? The extent of your kindness to that individual is not actually based on the quality of a relationship with them, but rather it is based on the quality of a relationship with God. To the extent that you are enjoying and experiencing and absorbing in the love, in the grace, in the blessing and goodness of God, to the level that you're experiencing it, not just aware of it cognitively, academically, but you're experiencing it for yourself. And you really see that, man, every good gift cometh from above. And you're living in that reality. You will then, when that relationship is right, you know, that what we would call, sometimes call that vertical relationship with God is right, the horizontal relationship with others becomes right. Because the horizontal relationships becomes the outflow of the vertical relationship. And when we're absorbing our heart and our mind and our life in enjoying and experiencing the goodness and grace of God, it's very easy for us to be reminded that, hey, we can let it, what, what we are overwhelmed with, we can overflow with. We can overflow with God's grace and his goodness and his kindness here in our everyday lives. This is, what the, this is what the Bible's teaching here. And I guess we could sum it up this way. I think they've got a little picture we'll throw on the screens just to illustrate this. What kind of Christian are you? There are a lot of Christians who are kind of like sponges. Like, if, for kids, if, you're, if your parents come along and they like, oh, you, get, you better obey and you better do what's right, and, and they, they kind of pressure you and they put some pressure on your life, they can kind of squeeze some obedience you know, from your life a little bit. You gotta squeeze it. You know, maybe for some of the teenagers, if, if, if man, if, if, you know, your youth pastor comes along or if a pastor comes along or somebody in your life or a teacher at school comes along and they really, they really put some pressure on your life, then, then maybe some obedience or some, you know, a right, you, you'll, you'll pretend to conform to right spirit. But really, it doesn't, nothing really flows from your life unless, you know, somebody's trying to squeeze it out. But then there are other types of Christians, and their lives are just hooked to a source. They're, they're hooked to the source of joy, and they're hooked to the source of peace, and they're hooked to the source of kindness. And no matter how much of that obedience, service, sacrifice, love, how, no matter how much flows out, there's always more. Because they're connected to a deeper source. What type of Christian are you? Do you find that your life only produces something when you're, when you're, when they're, you know, somebody, a pastor or a boss or a parent puts pressure on your life and then, and then your life might produce something? Or are you the type of Christian that it doesn't matter what the circumstances are, your life just keeps, it just keeps overflowing with goodness and kindness and joy and love regardless of the circumstances, regardless of what people around you are doing. Because, because your life is not anchored to what your wife does or your husband does or what your kids do or what your boss does. Your, li your life isn't anchored to that. Your life is anchored to what God has done for you. And because your life is anchored to a, to a source that can never run out, your life is anchored to God. It's connected to God. God, his blessings are always there. His blessings are always abundant. And so our lives can continue to flow with kindness and with joy and with peace and with service. Why? Because God's spirit never runs out of grace. So which are, which are we? Which, which do we find ourselves in? I want to say this is kind of our theme, but being overwhelmed by God's goodness leads us to overflow with God's goodness. That's the big takeaway. Being overwhelmed by God's goodness leads us to overflow with God's goodness. So, how does this tie into goals? What is it for this year that you want to see God grow you in by His grace? What area would you like to see spiritual maturity take root in? What is it in your life that you'd like to, to, to extend to others, to extend to a workplace, to extend to your family, to extend to your children? And then ask yourself, am I first experiencing that from God? 
He's made it available to you. The question is, are you experiencing it? Are you enjoying it? Are you absorbing it into your life? Because the moment you absorb and you experience and you enjoy, whatever it is, his service to you, you're going to find that your ability to serve others is going to happen quite naturally, almost automatically. I want to be more sacrificial toward the homeless or to people in need. Well, that's great. You can try to ring it out for a while, but it won't last. It won't be until you start saturating and enjoying and literally experiencing how God served you when you were destitute, when you were without a home, when you were an orphan from God. And it's not until you absorb and experience and, and really enjoy all that God's done for you that that, will, that thing in your life will become automatic. It will flow from your life. And so really the takeaway is this. How are you doing at enjoying God? I actually believe that most Christians struggle because they don't enjoy God enough. The reason they can't serve through their church is because they're not reminding themselves enough all that God did to serve them. It's hard for them to love their spouse when their spouse is not being lovable because they have forgotten how much Jesus loved them when they didn't deserve it. We forget. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remind you that when we really understand how much he's loved us, when we truly experience how much he's served us, when we're able to absorb how much he's been kind to us and we saturate our hearts and saturate our minds and saturate our lives and saturate our focus, not in serving this person or sacrificing for those people or obeying these people, but when we're just absorbed with all Christ has done for us, we're going to find that everything else flows naturally out of that place. No longer will we live lives like a sponge. Yeah, when there's pressure and somebody's squeezing it out of us, when, when pastor is, when eh, he's squeezing us to serve here, when we're, we're you know, prone to give here, or when we've got to be kind to that person, then we'll kind of, something will give in our lives. But no, we're just, we're, we're so connected with the source that it can constantly flow and flow and flow and flow and never run out because we're connected to a source that does not have a capacity to run run out so here's the takeaway experience from God what you want to extend to others experience from God what you want to extend to others what is it in the year 2016 that you want to extend to others what is it that you want to have flow from your life experience from God what you want to extend to others. And when you experience it from God, you'll find that it expresses itself, it extends itself to those around you. How's it going with experiencing and enjoying the overwhelming goodness of God? That's the question. How are you doing at it? How are you doing at it? You say, wait a second, aren't you going to try to tell us to work harder and try more and be more committed? I, I'm here to say, how are you doing at enjoying and experiencing God's goodness to you? How to go, how, how's the last month been? Can you point back to times where you were just so overwhelmed with God's goodness to you? Just basking in it. Overwhelmed by it. Living in awe and wonder of God's goodness to you with a spirit of gratitude and a spirit of thankfulness. Absorbing your mind, your soul, your motives, your values, your identity is just absorbed and enjoying and experiencing all that God is for you. That's the question. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we love you. I pray that as we move into the year 2016, God, that this would be a year where we are able to express your goodness and we're able to extend your kindness and we're able to give your love to those around us, even those that don't deserve it, because we are so connected to a source. We are so experiencing your goodness and kindness and grace and we're absorbing it and we're uh, experiencing and enjoying it in a way that we have never enjoyed it before. And because of that, because we're so just inundated with your awe and wonder, your grace just naturally flows in us and then overflows through us to family, to spouses, to co-workers, 
And we don't have to try to get joy from people around us because we already, we already have all the joy we need in Christ. We no longer need to get kindness from other people because we're experiencing all the kindness we need in our relationship with Christ. And we don't need to get others to validate and affirm our lives because we're, we're experiencing and enjoying all the affirmation and validation that we could ever need in the presence of Jesus. And Lord, I pray that we would be a people, Lord, who love you and experience you and enjoy you. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, since this is our family service, I'm going to invite you to stand at this time. We're going to get ready to be dismissed. Kids, you did a great job today. I hope you enjoy the Christmas season here and your last few days of vacation. Uh, I will say this. Well, there wasn't a formal offering. There are offering plates at the door with the ushers. If you wanted to make a gift or a donation, that would be a blessing here at the end of this year. And then tonight at 6 o'clock, we're going to enjoy a good final service of the year together. I hope you'll be able to make it out and looking forward to what God's going to do. As the uh, music begins to play, you're dismissed. Jenny, and you're watching Up Next. I want to take a few moments to let you know what's going on here at Ambassador Baptist Church. If this is your first time here, we have a gift for you. You can pick it up from the Guest Services Center located in the lobby. You should also have received a service program on your way in. On the inside, you will find a connection card. We would love for you to fill this out to let us know that you were with us today. You will have a chance to turn your connection card in later in the service. If you have any questions, please see one of our volunteers in the lobby. If you are new at Ambassador, we are here to help you. Guest Services is a great place to get your questions answered, as well as sign up for upcoming events throughout the year. Guest Services is located in the lobby and is always staffed with friendly people who are available to help you. If there is anything we can help you with, feel free to stop by anytime. At Ambassador Baptist Church, we believe that we were made for relationships. That's why we have our Connection Group Bible Study.